to the Spirit Box podcast. Join me, Darren Mason Field, as we explore folklore, magic, and of course, the world of the spirits. Okay, so the Agori. So most of this podcast is um, an excerpt from a video that I put up on YouTube a couple of years ago, and that is a recording uh, of a lecture that I gave, or a re-recording of a lecture I gave at Treadwell's uh, Occult Bookshop in London uh, about my time photographing the Agori in, in India. So in 2012, um, I went to India and went to Varanasi and looked for members of the Agori sect to photograph. The lecture you're about to hear is an intro really into kind of what the Agori are, um, what they represent, what what their beliefs are. And that was kind of a preamble into taking people through a gallery of work of um, my photographs. Now those photographs you can all find on my website, or you can find the best of them on my website. You can find the slideshow that I presented uh, at that event, you can find that on YouTube. I'll leave the link in the show notes. Um, but I just wanted to kind of give you guys a bit of a kind of a an understanding, or, or sorry, less so an understanding, but actually kind of a bit of a, I guess, an anecdote of my time looking for the Agori. Um, it was interesting enough because I had a, I had a um, fixer, a young man who who really kind of wanted to give me the the kind of standard tour of. Varanasi take me to see all the sites um, as as he would do with a regular tourist and we did that for a day it was part of my, my deal with him was okay we'll do this your tour for a day and then I want you to take me uh, looking for gory sadhus and we went everywhere all all over Varanasi looking for the agori um, we found a few of them um, a lot of them had gone to the Comella, uh, the the big uh, gathering of sadhus in Allahabad. Um, but I I found the guys, I found them all, um, and I had a kind of a number of encounters with the Agori, including getting a blessing which involves a face full of cremation ash, which I really wasn't expecting. <laughs> and what else happened? There was just there was loads of mad stuff. I, I, You'll see the photographs of one of the sadhus I eventually shot a Shavasad Hana with, which is a, 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 a literally translates as corpse magic. And that involved this particular sadhu um, creating a concoction and a whiskey and oil and Ganges water in, in a human skull, which he used as a goblet. And then did some prayer to Shiva and Kali over it. In fact, in one of the photographs, you see him fill whiskey, uh, put whiskey into a kapla, which is like a skull cap, um, and it's right in front of the tile of of Kali. So be sure to go and, and check that out on my website and on the video on YouTube. What was remarkable was he actually drank basically a pint of whiskey out of a skull, uh, which was he did that in about fifteen minutes, which was a uh, which really blew my mind. I am not being a stranger to drinking whiskey. Uh, well, I was uh, quite impressed with his prowess. 
Um, don't know, maybe he fell over after I left the temple. But one of the things that uh, that really struck me uh, was he just had like three skulls on a shelf. My fixer really, really kind of was focused on these, and I thought, well, okay, it's just kind of one of those things that he's he's, he's creeped out by the by the skulls, and he just kept kind of didn't take his eyes off them, but did say to me, "That's bad. That's really not good." And what I found out afterwards, um, well, a couple of years afterwards, when I gave the talk on the Akori uh, Treadwells, was what this actually represent was was part of um, a, really a black magic ritual where it was trapping the soul or prana of the individual whom skull it was. It was trapping their soul in the skull to do the bidding of the the magician. In this case, who was the 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 Ogori Sadhu? Um, so that was kind of an interesting anecdote to the uh, to the shoot. I suppose it is worth mentioning that I did have a another um, a little back and forth with some of the scammers that um, hover around the. Um, the, the main burning gap. So the main burning gap is where they burn the bodies. I explained in the lecture properly is where they burn. It's the most salubrious place to have your body cremated in India. So the ghats in, in Varanasi uh, are the most holy in India. Um, and this particular ghat is the most holy of all those those ghats. And right by that ghat, there is a temple uh, to a, a holy man, a sadhu called Siri Baba Nagwath Yogeshwar. I, who I spent some time with, um, and my fixer wouldn't take me through that burning gap because there's a lot of uh, basically Indian um, con men and, and hustlers. I got the usual scam where these guys basically were petitioning me to donate to the um, to the families of the people being burnt on on the on the gap. Now the thing is, to get burnt on this gat, you actually have to have money. It's it's not a cheap affair, so it's a total scam. It's just a kind of a shakedown of tourists um, being naive. Um, my fixer had warned me about it, and when I went down there, obviously had that um, I was approached by that the guys were trying to kind of um, hit me up for cash. And uh, when I said, you know, I'd, I'd like to pass on this opportunity of giving them my money, um, they did threaten to stab me and said if I see you down here again I'm going to stab you now that um, obviously uh, put a slight dampener on the day um, and I did obviously have to go back because I wanted to shoot take the photographs that um, you're, you'll see uh, if you visit my site or watch the YouTube video um, so I had to go back round behind the gap to get to the uh, the Baba's uh, temple but it was really worth it it was i got spent he was incredible actually he was really he had that sense of power of resonance coming off him yeah so he had not moved his arms in 17 years and he is alleged not to have eaten any food in the last seven years so his his whole body was deformed his shoulders had forcefully held his his um arms out from his his body they'd frozen it was remarkable um <clears throat> and then uh so that was one really interesting uh place to see and it's not something i recommend not taking people seriously when they they suggest or quite robustly say they're going to stab you um it's just that when you've traveled such a far long way you, you you're going to try and adapt 
and and find another way to get the shots. Um, and so that's what I did. So it's uh, not necessarily being reckless, but it is taking some small risks. But we got some great photographs out of it. Anyway, uh, so this lecture will tell you about the uh, beliefs of the Agori, why they do what they do, what it means to them, um, and essentially how doing the grotesque acts that they do, the, the sleeping in the ashes of, of the cremation grounds, consuming human flesh, consuming their own waste products, um, all of these bits that they do, all these elements of their faith that they do are seen as absolutely abhorrent by the everyday Hindus. Why do they do them? They do them uh, as part of kind of two elements. So one is they're saying that everything is part of nature and therefore part of God. This is another route to God. Um, by doing things that are seen as absolutely abhorrent, they are disproving the existence of binary reality they're 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 disproving the ex the existence of a polarized world and at least that's the belief the the second element to that was was explained to me by um a, a doctor at the leprosy ward which was this tool the symbol of the skull represent uh represented the soul and kind of our mortality and kind of the essence of of the individual's life force and soul and what have you, but it also was used as quite a simple theatrical tool to scare away um, people who weren't serious about the order. And that was a method of, of seeing whether or not you were actually committed to taking on um, what would be a very challenging path. I recorded this lecture a couple of years ago and it's been on my YouTube channel. Um, so a lot of these uh, podcasts, as you know by now, are really me stripping the audio out of those YouTube uh, shows and uh, lectures to start this podcast. So if you find it really challenging to follow, by all means, go and see the whole thing on the YouTube channel, which I said earlier. I'll leave the link below. Okay, that's enough for me. On with the lecture. So who are the Aghori? The Aghori are Shivite sect um, living in and around the spiritual capital of India, the already discussed Varanasi. They are followers of the spiritual practice of Adgore Sadhana, that which is used to achieve Adgore Swahar. They are monists um, who, who seek moshka um, or release from the cycle of reincarnation or samsara. It's not inherently bound to Hinduism. It cannot be constrained within the boundaries of either Shivaism or say another cult like Shakti, cult of Shakti. Um, this, there's no fixed rules, so it's it's a state of mind um, where an individual kind of resigns himself to Shiva. The name Agori comes from Agora, which roughly translates that which is not Gora, fierce, that which is not difficult or complex. Another variant of the translation, which probably makes a lot more sense um, when you see the Agori. 
is an absence of fear or dread. The goal is to have transcended material cravings and boundaries for the attainment of the true meaning and purpose of life. The Agori maintain that all opposites are ultimately illusory. I've often met Agori who were members of other sects or, or, or sadhus from other sects who practice Adgore Sadhana. While you have to be initiated, there, there is definitely a lot of fluidity with the rules. It's worth orientating the Western occultist. These sadhus are practicing a left-hand path. Their rituals are very much of that ilk. It must be said that the, the desired outcome of these rituals is not necessarily a dark one. So it's a left-hand path, or vamkara, as, uh, as indicated here. So conventional Hindu philosophies are quite at odds with the Agoris in general. The sect practices customs which are seen as quite abhorrent to mainstream Hinduism. They sleep on corpses, they regularly cover themselves in the ashes of the, of the recently cremated, and use human skulls as vessels for food and drink. They've been known to consume human flesh and human waste, and use alcohol and drugs as part of their religious practice. A term that I really liked when I heard there is that they are God-possessed, God or God-crazy. They call this transcending of boundaries, non-discrimination. And I found an Alistair Crowley quote which I felt was quite appropriate for the Agori. And that quote is, Ordinary morality is only for ordinary people. It's difficult to uh, reconstruct uh, the Agori's origin uh, as it only really exists in quotations of critics and observers. The Agori's didn't leave any text or chronicles for us to track their history. But what we do know is it's believed Shiva is their original founder. The actual origin is unknown. The order, or at least documented practitioners, is said to have been dormant since the 5th or 6th century BC. Baba Kinaram founded the present practice and Kremkund in the 16th century. Here he reignited the Akand Duni, or eternal fire. Um, there's a quote here from Agora de Glance, which indicates the divine um, essence of Baba Kinaram. In the 16th century, Sada Shiva, an avatar of Shiva, was forced to adopt the human form made of the five elements for the sake of human welfare. He took the form and name of Baba Kinaram. The picture here is of uh, one of the pillars outside the main gate of um, Kremkund, the, uh, the main Agori Ashram, um, which is three skulls stacked on a Shiva trident. And I'll explain them at a later date. The principle of non-discrimination they believe that nothing is blasphemous or independent of, from God, that there is no difference between the profound and the profane. The logic behind how they pursue their beliefs is the idea that all paths lead to divine, no matter how extreme. That route to the universal truth is a path of non-discrimination. To become indifferent to eating habits, taboos, physical appearance, is to progress on the path of non-discrimination. Everything is but different manifestations of the same supreme power. The realization of this is the zenith of the Agori state of consciousness. They achieved this through Adgor Sadhana, a process of unlearning deeply internalized cultural models. The man in this photograph is Siri Baba Nagnath Yogeshwar, um, who will feature quite heavily in the photographs to come. He's uh, an Agor based right on the main burning gas in Varanasi. The skull. The skull is the key symbol of the Agori, and, the, and it's 
skull-based rituals are, are most associated with the Agori. Um, and you, you see the symbol again and again where the Agori are related to any institution or individual. Kapalas, or skull cups, which Shiva and other Hindu deities are often depicted holding or using one. The skull mirrors our actual state. The beauty made of skin and flesh sets to rot, but the skull or skeleton is immortal like the self. It is also the home of prana, and in that the home of the invisible power that sustains the universe. Hermits who wish to be left alone need a good prop. Now this last point is referenced to a conversation I had with Dr. Ashok Kumar, director of the Agora Research Institute. Um, when I asked about the skull and what it, what it symbolized, but also what its true esoteric meaning was. And he spoke about uh, it being a source of prana, it's been a source of meditation, a focus point for meditating on um, our true state. But he also said it was a useful prop because it kept people away. It allowed the Agor to focus on his spiritual path, his spiritual thinking um, and ambitions without being constantly disturbed because people were in fact terrified of him because he was carrying around a human skull. It's a reasonably common practice. In India and Tibet, the skull cup is known as the Kapala and used in Buddhist tantric and Hindu tantric rituals. Accomplishment of necrosis. Part of this path includes Shabha Sadhana, or accomplishment of necrosis. Now that's not the literal translation of that. Uh, sadhana literally means accomplishing, a means of accomplish, accomplishing something. Uh, Shabha means corpse. This is referring to the practice of meditating on a corpse. It's about exploring and touching the ultimate human fear, death, our own deaths to be specific, and the horror and taboo of a, of a dead body. Sitting on top of a corpse, realizing that dying is the supreme truth and that all of us have to go through it alone. From a yogic or tantric point of view, it signifies attachment from the physical world. So Shabbat Sadhana is regarded as one of Tantra's most difficult, most important, and of course most secret rituals. Tantric texts as well as oral tales detail the process of the ritual and also tell of its importance. The purpose of practicing the ritual range from knowledge, proprieting to a deity, material motives, even dark objectives to gaining control of the spirit of the deceased. And incidentally the skulls you're seeing in the picture, the sandalwood yellow and the red on top of it indicate that something is being trapped inside the skull. So the Agori who uses these skulls is using this practice to, to gain control of the spirit of the deceased. It's practiced in a graveyard on a new moon. The Sadhaka, the one meditating, is supposed to go through rigid rituals and then sit on top of the corpse all night meditating all alone. And not any corpse, it has to be a fresh, complete and unharmed corpse. So through doing something shocking, you have to you set yourself free from the shackles of society and its morality and its religion. And that refers, that kind of really um, hammers home the message of how this is a process of, of deprogramming, of freeing you from convention, which is what I believe the Agori are, are truly doing. That's it for now. Thank you very much for listening. 
Um, do check out the website and YouTube to see the full gallery and I'll go on and talking about the various different photographs and the different sites that I photographed relating to the Agori um, and you'll see obviously the, the skulls I mentioned and the part of the uh, Shava Sadhana ritual that I photographed um, and it, it, it goes through the stories of each of those photographs um, thanks again for listening uh, the next show will be on demonic influence and it'll be talking about things from really a catholic perspective uh which is the faith i grew up in um, and we'll be looking at the roman catholic perspective of demonic influence on the individual and uh, what can be done about it the different types and different levels of demonic influence there is from obsession through to possession thanks again for taking the time out of your day to listen i hope you enjoyed the show And stay safe out there and take care. Bye.